Happy When by Jake Fitzpatrick as Buster Buntingauer. Happiness was a chart, a ten-story shelf, but of an expensive brand, or at least that was the way it was represented to me. Numbers, figures, exponential growth, supply and demand. Steps up to one point and then you move on to the debt next. That was happiness by my mum and those she loved and lived with. I had a dream about my childhood the other day. My Holy Communion, to be exact, over 53 years ago. And in retrospect, all I remember hearing all day long swiped into every sentence at least once, was money, 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 upbeat, downbeat, money was it, money was what I was looking for in this world, above all priorities, happiness was going to happen when money happened into my world, money happened about at the parties my mum was never invited to, she wrote and read bedtime stories to me, where the fairy tale ending was never that the characters were happy, but rather that they had money. And money did come into my world through luck, devious behaviour, manipulation and sex. And I did well, better than well. I, I blew the fucking money game. I could buy a plane and, and put tigers on it and then make the tigers eat smoked salmon from fine china and then pay a young chap to lick the tiger's plates wearing a Batman costume. So I climbed that hill and I thought that was happiness. And, it, you know, it was for a while because freedom feels like happiness. But it wasn't really. It was just satisfaction with having the freedom that my mum always told me about. The food she had been running by her wheel but had never tasted herself. I sometimes wonder about what she thought of the money after using mine to change her face six times and dress and act like someone else. We don't really talk uh, all that much these days. But satisfaction is a state and happiness is a feeling. I didn't realise the distinction in flavours and feeling. Most of us simply purchase satisfaction if we can under the guise that it's written as happiness on the menu. And then it comes out in all its velvet grandeur and we are deceived into believing that, you know, this is happiness because it tastes great and it's not unhealthy either. So you start to eat satisfaction by the pound, but then you realize you're not really getting anywhere because once I climbed that mountain, I got a taste for that satisfaction euphoria and I wanted more of it. My first step on the shelf was a top job. My second step, money. My next step, a family and kids. So I had a family and kids because I wanted it. Because, well, because everyone else was having them. But I, I wanted it. Yeah, I, I wanted it too. I was, a good, I was a good father when I wasn't there. But these days, if I'm honest, don't know if my kids like me. Because, uh, to be honest... I, I don't really know them. I don't know them at all, actually. I mean, I wasn't there. Their nannies know them. They know how much they used to shit and the naughty things they used to say. I wasn't there. But I ticked a box. But it was only in a faint black pen. 
so I'm not so sure I actually did. I have a net worth of $2.3 billion, and I've got family and kids and dogs and cats and, and ways to film my days, and I eat satisfaction cake by the pound, but I still felt then, I'm not sure, like maybe a little something was missing maybe. And then my wife filed for divorce and the floor ceased to exist in my $10.2 million house, complete with an aquarium, gym, heated floors and every gut gadget and gizmo you could possibly think of to make you happy. You know, I've traveled to every country in this world you would want to. I've dined with the queen eating the best fish and chips that you could ever get. I've blown Mick Trager when I was 30 drinks in and he did the same to me. But two weeks ago at the Carlisle Hotel, I had my last bite of satisfaction in a loaded lobby. It came on a wobbly, sticky plate and tasted like sweet maple syrup straight. And I was done because I was alone. And now I'm here writing this at the age of 63, alone in my house where the silence is bouncing off the walls and nearly bursting my eardrums as it ricochets from left to right, up and down. I was lied to, and in turn, I lied to myself. I now write, read self-help books, trying to place band-aids on broken, cracked walls while the stones and bricks of my life crash and tumble around me. The waters are caving in, and I don't receive any texts from those I like, or even more importantly, those I should love. Happiness is not a shelf, step, or chart. I believe happiness is a state of no longer looking at what other people are doing.